Hi friends, my name's Rich and welcome back to the Movement Podcast. Over these uh, last few episodes, we've been looking at how life has changed in lockdown. And we've been speaking to some of our friends from various different backgrounds and uh, been listening to what they've been up to. And in our last episode, we spoke to our friend Jamie, who works with Open Doors. And he was telling us some of the stories of uh, friends in the persecuted church and how they've been adapting. Well, on today's episode, we're going to be talking to our friend Emily, who's just recently uh, returned from uh, the mission field in South Africa, living and working with the community at Live Village. Some of you might have heard about Live Village, uh, some of you might not, but uh, hopefully in this uh, next couple of moments, you'll hear a little bit about what Emily was getting up to out there. So in true movement podcast fashion, we sent Matt off to have a chat with Emily, although you know the drill. They did it all via Zoom. Hey friends, welcome back to the Movement Podcast today. I'm excited to be joined with one of Movement's own. We're joined with M Hatton. Em, it's great to have you. Hi. Um, we're going to be hearing a little bit about what you've been up to these last few months. You've been on quite an adventure, you've been on quite a journey, but it actually began a few years ago. Maybe without me spoiling anything, you could start that story off and tell us a bit about who you are, what you've been up to and how you got there. Yeah, so um, I grew up in a Christian home, um, going to Soul Survivor every year and that kind of thing. Um, in 2016, I saw the Live Village Choir. Um, so Live is a cluster foster care village for about 200 kids, um, orphaned and vulnerable kids in South Africa. Um, and in 2016, they were doing a tour around um, the UK um they came to Soul Survivor I saw them and I was like I just have to go there um and so when I finished my degree in 2018 I was like oh what am I gonna do now not sure oh wait why don't I go to live um so I went in the September of 2018 with a friend from uni um and we volunteered for about five weeks on the village um and we had a great time um and then I got to the end of that time and I was like I'm so not done here but I don't know what to do next so in January 2019 a few months after getting home I went back to the village I went back to volunteer in in the school uh, for three months on my own which was great uh, had the best time but again I got home and I was like I'm still not done with live um, I still I have to go back again um, so spent um from April for a few months really not knowing when I was going back and what I would go back to do if I did go um, but knowing that's where God was calling me to spend the next time and um, spend the next season um, so in summer um, had some conversations and ended up applying to do Live for Change the discipleship school program at Live um, got accepted and in January set off for six months to go back to live to do this discipleship school. Uh, so yeah. Brilliant. And you've been in South Africa for how many months is it now? Obviously you're back home. Um, so I was there for five months, coming home a bit early because of Corona. So um, yeah, a good five months. <laughs> mm. And um, as we see, this has been a journey over a few years. There's been these gaps in between, I guess, in the waiting. Um, there was that excitement, there was that anticipation. We experienced yeah. a bit of that doing doing life and family together over at Movement. But um, what, what was that like? What was that for you, uh, you knowing that you were called to be back somewhere? 
but there's almost this waiting time building up to it. Yeah. Um, so when I didn't know what I was going to be going back to do, when I initially came home from my second trip, it was really hard, actually. It was um, a season of really not knowing um, what exactly it was that God was calling me to do. I knew that he was calling me back, back to the village, but um, not knowing when or how or for how long was actually just really, really hard. Um so for that initial few months, I was working, um, I was working in retail. I wasn't finding it fulfilling at all. Um, and yeah, so that, that season was hard. And then I got, um, I applied and I got accepted for Live for Change. And then, then it was just really exciting. And it was like, can I go back? I'm just so excited. Um, going back to the place that I love, that is my second home, um, was just very exciting. Mm. Brilliant. And you've been out there the last few months. We've been missing you here. But um, what, what exciting things have you been getting up to? What's uh, day-to-day life? What's that look like for you? How's that journeyed? And um, yeah, just a little bit of insight into that. Yeah. So um, Live for Change, as I said, is a six-month discipleship school. So it's in two parts. And um, the first part is more of a teaching phase. So we had um, teachings on identity and sonship. So what it means to be a child of God. Um and um, really coming into um, the knowledge of who you are, who God's calling you to be and what he's calling you to do with your life. Um, So we had a lot of teaching around that for the first couple of months, which is amazing. Um, And alongside that, we were um, serving the village in any way that they might need. Sometimes that meant carrying loads and loads of chairs across the village. Sometimes it was putting on running events. Sometimes it was gardening. Um, We also did weekly visits into the community. So um, I got to go into the creche most weeks um, in Cottonlands in the um, community just outside the village. Um, Other people got to go into the community clinic. So really seeing what life is like outside, I guess the privilege of what live is. So, yeah, and then the second part of um, the discipleship school is an internship phase. So um, for me, that was working in the youth department Um, because it was during lockdown and there was no school. I was doing 10 weeks of holiday club, which was crazy. Loads and loads of sports, um, basketball, netball, spike ball, anything and if you know me I'm not sporty so that was my first lockdown challenge was to do a lot of sports (laughs) so good and um when so often people go into mission trips or they go in to volunteer and they they go in as complete strangers not necessarily known people but there's there's quite a journey there how's it to do life together how's it to do community with those other volunteers coming in from different backgrounds and um, maybe coming as strangers, leaving as family. What does that look like? Absolutely, coming in as strangers and leaving as family is so right. Um, so, as part of the change, I was doing it with um, fifteen other people, um, fourteen other people, um, and we we shared rooms, we shared communal space, we shared bathrooms. You get to know each other very quickly um, when you're living together like that. Um, so these strangers that, to be honest, I've been a bit scared about living with because they were all going to be four or five years younger than me, became family so, so quickly. Um, But the beauty of Live Village is that you do everything together. You do church, you do school, you do work and living alongside each other together day by day. So um, 
it is just one big family people coming from different places in the world to come and volunteer to come and serve um so yeah that was just so much fun you get to work alongside the people that in the next few hours you're playing netball with or you're eating when playing games with um mm. yeah it's great um, and for us at home, we've been getting your update emails. We've been staying uh, in tune, praying for you and all this. Um, and there's been quite a journey within yourself with what you've uh, found with your relationship. God, maybe you could talk about how your faith has been significantly impacted by these last few months and what God's been doing and saying to you during this time. Absolutely. So um, part of the Live for Change program is that the first thing you do in the morning is spend an hour, um, an hour with God, an hour in the word. Um, and so the start of the day in South Africa tends to be around six o'clock. So that was a six till seven time with Jesus with my cup of tea trying to wake up. Um, and to be honest, at the start of that um, in January, I was like, oh, I feel like this is actually quite religious to be. This is the time and this is how long I'm going to spend and this mm. is what I'm going to do. But I really, really quickly came to love that time, came to feel like actually an hour is not that much time to spend reading the word. Um, I have learned so much through that time. And actually one of the big things was that coming home after Live for Change, the one thing that I can bring home is the consistency of spending an hour with Jesus in the morning. And actually you don't, you don't get to know a person until you spend time with them and any relationship is worth investing in. Um, and so that's what I've found is that as I've invested in spending time with my friend, with my father, I've got to know him so much better. And actually, that's how you learn to hear someone's voice. You hit, learn to recognize your father's voice as you spend time making intentional spaces in your day to listen to what he's saying to you. Um, yeah, so that's been really important for me as I've come home. Um, I did come home early because of corona because it was getting a lot worse in south africa whilst it was all easing up here so it seemed like the right time to come home um and as i've carried on that um, that rhythm of my day i've really heard god speaking to me about um about how to pursue him and how to to be in a time where friends are feeling really far days are feeling a lot more empty than they were feeling when in comparison to being around people all the time busy all the time in south africa and um, so, yeah. Mm. Um, as you say, you had to come home early in the end due to the global pandemic, but that kicked in and there was a couple of difficult choices that had to be made during that time. Maybe you could share what it was like for that news to be coming into somewhat of a secluded place, um, a community not quite in a bubble because there's the, the wider community um, within the area. But what was that like to receive the news of what was going on back home whilst you're out there, what was happening in South Africa at the time and the decisions that had to be made? Um, how did you see God in that? Absolutely, yeah. So um, it came to South Africa quite a few weeks after it had hit Europe. So um, to begin with, I was like, what is this coronavirus? What's going on? Like, it just didn't affect us at all. Um, and then at the beginning of March, um, we had our first case in KwaZulu-Natal, which is a region um, of South Africa that I was in. And um, President Ramphosa did a speech and said, this is what's happening in our country now. It's, it's come in. Mm -hmm. um, and our leader said, 
right, although all the other discipleship schools that are happening around the, um, around the world are going to end and sending their students home, we're going to keep going. You can stay here, but the choice is yours. You need to listen to God's voice and make that decision for yourself as to whether God is calling you to stay or to, to go home. Um, and so after a lot of prayer about it, um, I really felt God was calling me to stay on the village and to serve. Um, and so I did, and I was really glad that that's what he was asking me to do because there was no part of me that was ready to come home yet. Um, so we had to do a village lockdown before the rest of the country went into lockdown. We closed the gates, which meant that um, people from the community that came on and off the village, people that came on to work and to serve, um, weren't coming onto the village anymore, which meant our responsibilities mm-hmm increased we started making food parcels for um people in the community that couldn't serve themselves um couldn't feed themselves um, and we started as i mentioned before doing holiday club um which was um very very intense um, and those kind of things so village life looked a lot different and um, we'd gone from being able to go off to the beach go off to the shops every weekend to being around each other all the time which was such a lesson in bearing with each other in love and in patience Mm. um and then the situation over here in england started easing a lot and but the peak started coming in south africa and the government um issued 10 repatriation flights for british nationals to come home um and again we were given that decision as to whether god was calling us to leave um and go home or to stay on the village for a bit longer and we were three weeks off um, our graduation point of live for change and there was no part of me again that was ready to come home yet but um and i really actually felt god was calling me to stay to stay and serve and um, but with each change of events as i heard that um, the situation was getting worse there was getting better here um it kind of actually just felt like um, at the end of john's gospel when um Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Look after my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Do you look after my sheep? And he says it three times. Um, and that was a bit what it was like for me. Um, God was saying, Emily, will you obey me? Will you do what I ask you to do? And he's asking me to stay. And then with each change of events, with each bit of extra information, it was, Emily, do you obey me? Will you go home now when I'm asking you to go home? Um, and so that was a big big moment of um to surrender my will to surrender my desire to stay on the village and actually just obey him and go home when he was asking me to um so i flew home a week after we found out about the repatriation flights um, and now i'm here and i've been back for almost three weeks now so yeah mm. and um as you say, it's that obedience to, to God's calling that was significant. It was that, that almost, uh, as you shared about when you're spending time with him, when you're learning to hear from his voice, that intimacy that you have that, that led to the ultimate decision. I guess um, you talked about how you wanted to continue that rhythm back here in the UK. You wanted to continue that time. How that's, how's that gone? What's it looked like now you're back home? Yeah, so... I think the best thing is that it's now not at six o'clock in the morning. I do sleep through a bit, <laughs> um, but I do. It's still the first thing that I do every morning. And um, I pick up my Bible and I spend time with God and I just see where He's leading me, and um, that day. And actually, now having more time in my day to fill, um, I actually get to do that a lot 
more throughout the day. I get to read, I get to to journal more and actually just see where he's leading me. So um, for example, last week, I was beginning to feel really, really overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the fact that people just seems really, really far away. I had all this time on my hands and I was thinking about um, what my next steps are. Now I'm home. Um, I need to start thinking about my future and what God's calling me to do um, with, with my life in general. Um, and I was beginning to feel really overwhelmed by that. And I just actually felt God say, go and take a walk. Um, so I went through, um, through all the fields in our village and just went for a walk and plugged into some worship music and just felt really connected to God in a way that I hadn't um, really since being home, actually. And I was just in these open spaces, just with nobody around. Um, and it, it was just so freeing. And as I walked through all of these fields and I got to the top and I sat down um, and it's a bit like in Psalm 23 where um, the psalmist writes, um, he leads me beside quiet waters. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he restores my soul. Um, and I actually just felt this restoration um, of like, actually, I don't need to be overwhelmed by anything because God has this. And he leads us into open spaces. It's another Psalm, Psalm 18. He leads us into open spaces and he restores me because he delights in me. And I walked through and these fields and I just gave everything that I've been holding back. I gave it all to God and I just let him speak into those situations and let him just release me from them and just say, and he just said, pursue me because that's all you need to do. You just need to pursue me and I'll do the rest because actually he's not calling us to pursue things. He just wants us to pursue him, pursue our relationships with him. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've actually learned and um, through the last few months of Live for Change is that pursuing him is all we're ever called to do and to walk in obedience with him and um, to walk in obedience with his will. And the rest actually just falls into place as we mm. do that. That's so good. Um, I was actually about to ask um, how, how you process changing from c- different country, different culture, different community, that sense of um, perhaps uh, restriction on freedom that we've all been experiencing at different times in different ways and as you say going and spending spending time with God and um, just just bringing it and pursuing him above all things seems to be um, how that's been but maybe you could share a little bit about like the emotional side of that because that's um, it's one of those things we always look back on we're like oh why didn't we see God in this why didn't we just do this straight away we could see his hand in hindsight but what was that like initially what was that um, yeah the hardship in that I guess yeah well it was really big coming home i um i wasn't ready um my two big prayers of live for change were that um i would have closure on the village if that's what god needed me to have and by the time i came home and that i would know what was next and actually a week before i came home i didn't feel like i had an answer to either of those prayers um but actually like coming home I've had space to um to process that it, w- it was hard leaving the the 14 others that have become my friends my family really quickly and um, leaving the place that I love but actually um just really seeing that he has brought closure um on that season because I'm happy to be home I'm happy to be um able to socially distance with my friends here and spend time with my family and really actually look into what's next um for me um but yeah I've had a I've had to do a lot of processing about it because 
it's big it's big when you mm-hmm. um god brings an end to something sooner than you're expecting it but actually god only ever brings an end to something when he's got one bigger one bigger and one better for you um, and something someone said to me before I left was that you have to believe, if you believe that God's called you into a season, you have to believe he calls you into the next season as well. And his hand is totally on it. And I think that's really important to remember for this season that actually God sees everything. He knew that this was coming. And so we can have hope that he knows what's coming next as well. We can have hope that he's here with us now and that he will work all things together for the good of those who love him. And that he'll call us into the next season because he'll have one bigger and one better for us. Incredible. And um, Emma, as we come towards the end of our time together today, is there any other stories, any other insight, encouragement that you feel God's placed on your heart to share with those who might be listening? Maybe those who are particularly interested in what mission and serving looks like um, across the season. Obviously, we don't know what that's going to look like in the future. We don't really know what's happening right now, let alone um, in a year's time or whenever that may be. But um, what would you say to those listening who have a similar stirring on their heart as what God stirred in yours? Yeah, um, I think if God's calling you to mission, just do it. Don't question it, just do it because you're just going to have the best time of your life if you do it. And God will always use you where you are. So um in this season we're we're not going too far at the moment we're not going too far geographically but god will use us where we are right now and um, for me one of the big things god's been speaking to me about is how i use my voice so i think at the moment we're all a bit guilty of using social media a lot more than we normally will um but something that god's been speaking to me about is how i use that platform so as i'm mindlessly scrolling through instagram scrolling through Facebook I'm thinking actually there's this is such a good platform to share God's love for people and to share um, the hope that we can have in him so um, yeah I think everyone can be thinking about how we can share little glimmers of hope for people on our social media because I think that's one of the places it's starting right now for us. Brilliant. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing that. We're super excited to have you back. Um, we're glad and we know that God's <laughs> and we know that God's got so much more for you. But um, thank you for taking the time to join us today. Well, thanks for that, uh, Matt and Emily, and uh, definitely some food for thought for us there, uh, friends, don't you think? And um, I just love how actually there's a theme emerging over these last few episodes of uh, having to trust God, even in the things that are changing. I know for all of us have had to make changes and some of them have been good and some of them um, have been difficult for us to do. Uh, One of the things I know I've definitely uh, changed is my habit of getting out of the house more and making sure I make time for having a daily walk. Um, So I think that's one of the good things that has changed. But as Emily was saying, ultimately, it's about trusting God even in the changes. Well, friends, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the Movement Podcast. But as always, we love to hear from you and stay connected. And you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter and make sure you connect with us as well. Uh, And of course, uh, you can always check out our website, which is wearemovement.net. But until next time, take care and we'll see you soon.